I want to share a portion of scripture with you, uh, out of first Peter, first Peter. And, and I like this, uh, portion of scripture for a lot of different reasons. First of all, uh, I can identify with the Apostle Paul, and I can identify with Peter. Uh, these are two major Bible characters that, that I feel like I can, I can identify with. Peter, because I like, you know, just his enthusiasm. He was always willing to be the first guy out to do something. You know, ooh, ooh, pick me. I want to walk on water. You know, that kind of thing. And then, of course, he starts to sink. Um, he has all these great little triumphs. He was always the first one to open his mouth and say the wrong thing so I can identify. Um, he uh, uh, actually had some incredible setbacks. Uh, he denied Christ. But then at the same time, you see where he doesn't stop and he kind of keeps after it. And then we see Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden uh, gets the opportunity to preach the first sermon. Uh, that we see recorded uh, in, 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 in the new church era. And God uses him in a very powerful way. So I like that. This portion of scripture, I really believe this one little portion of scripture kind of is a microcosm of, of the entire scripture. Of, of the Bible, uh, that it, it, it gives a little culmination of, of what the faith is all about. Check this out. First uh, Peter chapter one, verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, a couple of things I want to point to your attention uh, just out of this. First of all, the therefore, he's pointing back uh, because he's talking about the salvation that you and I have uh, had the opportunity to receive. In other words, in no other time in church history uh, at, at this point do we see anyone has had the opportunity to experience salvation through grace uh, through Jesus Christ. And so basically this, because of this imperishable seed and because of the gospel, because of what Jesus Christ did, you, you now have the opportunity to experience the newness of life. And as a result of you being born again, is what he's talking about, as a result of that, now, guess what? You've got to do something. You've got to prepare your mind for action. So here, here's basically what he's saying. If you're a born again believer, guess what? you have just entered into a battle. If you're a born-again believer, you have entered into the battle zone. What does that mean? Well, before you're a believer, there's no battle going on. There's no battle going on. There's no real question about what you're saying. There's no real question about what you're doing. There's no real question about motives. There's no real question about attitudes. There's no real question about that because you're not born again. And and the standard for life is whatever you feel, whatever makes you happy, whatever is good for you. That's the standard by which we live by. However, when you're born again, now all of a sudden the spirit of God has come to dwell with inside of us. And now, oh gosh, I don't feel comfortable cursing people out like I once did. You know, I don't feel comfortable telling people on Johnson street, they're number one anymore. I just, I, you know, there's something inside of me just, ugh, I, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should be nicer to the waitresses, you know, instead of, you know, berating them and their mama. I mean, it's just not good. You know, there's something because now all of a sudden, boom, you've entered into a battle zone. Now, all of a sudden, there's this thing where my conscience is being restored and there's this voice beginning to tell me, 
and I've got a challenge. And so I love what Peter says here. The first thing, because of this newfound salvation, number one, you better prepare your mind for action. You better understand that there is a battle going on for your soul and the battle begins with your mind. See, the beauty of this is he's not saying, hey, you've got to become an intellectual guru. You know, you've got to understand all the theology and all this kind of stuff. That's not what he's saying, which personally, I love to think. I love to read. I love theology. Like I said, I'm not the uh, sharpest bulb in the pack. Uh, <laughs> you can figure that out. But um, but but I like I like uh, to think and I like all that. Man, praise God. Uh, my salvation isn't determined by my intellectual ability. That it's not according to my GPA. It's not according to how I did on the ACT or the SAT or any of that stuff. Somebody say praise the Lord, right? It's not based on that. But every one of us have a mind and every one of us have a battle going on for our soul. And it starts right here. Okay, so it's confession time. Y'all ready for confession? If you tweet this out, I'll punch you, okay? (laughs) So here's the deal. Confession. I'm a preacher been a preacher for a while. I got, uh, gave my life to Christ, uh, 1982, February 1st, uh, Monday afternoon. I was drawn by the power of the spirit of God through a series of events. I was a theater major from new Orleans. Uh, I was in school at Nichols state university, gave my life to Christ. My life radically, radically changed from that day to this day. I've been serving God, uh, faithfully, uh, uh, high points, low points, everything in between. And I'm a preacher. Here's my confession. My confession is I've thought about stealing recently. Thought about stealing. I know that's kind of shocking and and it makes you a little nervous. I know, but I want to explain. Thought about stealing because I grew up on the West Bank of New Orleans. Uh, On the West Bank, uh, our family, we were impoverished, I think is a nice way to put it. Uh, Poor would be another way, okay? Uh, Family, five kids. My dad worked hard, but, uh, you know, it, it was tough making ends meet. We didn't go without. We always had food, it seemed like. Um, possibly my mom uh, wasn't eating or something at times. Uh, gumbo might be a little thin, but, but we always had something. Okay, But when you live on the impoverished side, thinking about stealing and stealing, you can justify things sometimes. So before I gave my life to Christ, I stole stuff. As a matter of fact, I've told the story once. Uh, when I was in the ninth grade, I stole all the football jerseys from our football team, um, and I was selling them. Big gangsta. Of course, I got arrested and put in jail in the ninth grade, okay? Um, when I got saved, all of a sudden, my mind changed. My mindset changed, okay? I've thought about stealing recently. Can I tell you what I do with those thoughts? I take those thoughts and I make them obedient and take them captive to the truth of the word of God, okay? Just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to act on the thought, okay? So, Eric, are you a thief today? No, I'm not a thief today. I'm not. I've been born again. I've been, I've been regenerated. But thoughts still come. You know where a lot of my thoughts about stealing come? When I buy new stuff or stuff around Chi Alpha, I always have to think about if I wasn't born again, I would steal that. So we better lock it up. (laughs) I think about how to lock stuff up. I think about security systems. I think a lot about that kind of stuff. Hey, when people are counting money, I think about all that. 
Because if I wasn't born again, you know, I walk through restaurants, sometimes people leave money on the table, and it's like, man, if I wasn't born again, I'd scoop that up. <laughs> Tip for me, glory. Plant your corn early for you. I mean, there's a tip. I mean, I don't know. But, but, but just because I have a thought, it doesn't mean I have to act on that thought. Okay, I want you to track with me just for a second. We live in a world where people have thoughts all the time. See, my thought of, of stealing may not be your thought. Your thought may be something else. Your thought may be confusion about your sexuality. Okay, I want you to listen. Just because you have the thought doesn't mean you have to act out on the thought. See, now, if we lived in a society where people thought stealing was okay, and if I had a a thought that I'm a thief and I'm going to steal stuff, and I had people around me going, maybe that's just the way you are. That's the way you were created. You were born to be a thief. (gasps) There you go. Dude, I'd walk out of this place with so many cell phones. You people are leaving them all over the place. (laughs) I could sell them cell phones. I know what they're worth. I'm just saying. Do you know stuff happens? People steal stuff in church. You know that, huh? It happens. It happens. So the thing is, just because we have a thought, we have to take that thought captive. So prepare your mind for action. Okay? Guess what? I was born again. And so I'm not a thief. I was born again. I'm not a drunkard. I was born again. I'm not a drug addict. I'm born again. I'm not a pervert. You know, you know what I'm saying? The list can go on and on and on. But once we're born again, the slate is clean. There's a reboot. And now when old thoughts come back, because I've entered into a battle, it starts here. Because if you take those thoughts and you make them obedient, you're not going to let them sit around and, and, and germinate and, and begin to grow some roots. And all of a sudden, boom, now you start acting on this. No, 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 no. I'm not going to act on that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to act on what, what I really believe God created me to be. He's created me to be a man of God who, who's not only going to take those thoughts, but then guess what? Instead of stealing, I'm going to be a giver. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to give. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give people advice how to keep their stuff from getting stolen. You know, you, you, you see what I'm saying? So, so the thing is, prepare your mind for action. We have to understand there's a battle going on. Now, what are we going to allow to be the determining factor? You know, we're allowing this culture to teach us, you know, how to think. We're allowing this culture to put thoughts and germinate those thoughts. We're doing it every time we sit down and pay, you know, 20 bucks for a movie, whatever it is. You know, we're, we're letting those philosophies come on in. Whatever the favorite shows are, boom, 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 philosophies come on in. Doing this, following that. We're, we're allowing those philosophies and those ideologies to plant and take root. The reality is it's okay to have those thoughts, but man, to let them germinate, there's your problem. And so we've got to learn to prepare our minds for action. Take every, every thought captive. He goes on, he says, be self-controlled, which by the way, let me just give you the shortened version of that. Be self-controlled. You have been created in the image of God. You are not an animal. So because I'm not an animal, because I was created in the image of God, I'm born again. Guess what? I can control myself. 
I can control what I say. I can control what I look at. I can control what I do. I'm not an animal. And you know that when uh, Peter was writing this to be self-controlled, there were two things that he was talking about specifically. The abuse of alcohol and illicit sexuality. Wow. Praise the Lord. We're, we've advanced as a culture and society of people that we no longer have these two items to deal with. Poo yeah, that couldn't be further from the truth. Right? Hello, Mardi Gras. I mean, come on. That's what that's about. You look and you read the paper. People being killed because someone is drunk. You look at unexpected, unplanned pregnancies. You look at the abuse that takes place in that realm. Why? Well, because people can't control themselves. Now, I will say this. Unless you're born again, you're going to have a hard time because of our culture and our society. But the shameful thing is when people who are born again can't control. See, dude, I think, I think we need to do everything we can to walk free from sin. And, and if sin is here, guess what? I want to get, I want to get really far away. There are people saying, well, as a believer, I could do this. I can do that. Uh, you can do a lot of stuff. Everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. Guess what I want to do? I want to do the stuff that's beneficial. You know, I want to do the stuff. I want to get as far away from junk as I possibly can. And I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. So prepare my mind for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you. So in other words, guess what? We're not just living a life like everyone else on this existence. This thing called eternity has begun. Eternity will continue. It'll be two different places when you step over to the other side. Simply meaning this. One, as a born-again believer... My eternity has begun. When I step over, guess what? I don't meet death head on. I meet Jesus. And Jesus will usher me in and take me over for all eternity. I'll be around that throne and and, and working and being a part of the kingdom uh, that's going to last for all eternity. For that person who has denied the existence of God and has turned their back and, and has nothing to do with him, they step over. And, and they're going to meet death head on. It's going to be very painful. It's going to be a full sting. And then literally first thoughts over on the other side will be, uh-oh, I should have thought this through a little bit better, you know? And so set your hope fully. So guess what? What does that mean? As a believer in this world today, I've got to look above. I got to get a, I got to get above. I got to get a more eternal perspective on how I'm living my life. Ultimately this. He says, as obedient children, man, follow through with what the scripture has to say. And you take these four things. These four things lead up to just this one portion of what he's talking about here. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. In other words, God, the holy one, is calling you and I to live a holy life. If this was not a possibility, he would be very sadistic. It would be like me with my dog. You know, hey, Fido, come on, try to get the treat. Oh, it was close. Oh, come on, try again. Higher. I mean, every time Fido gets close, I, I keep pulling it up. If that's the way God treated holiness, but that's not how he treats holiness. As a matter of fact, he has a whole purpose and a plan and a reason that he wants you and I to be holy. 
That's ultimately the goal of what we're trying to accomplish on this earth is to live out a holy life before him. Now, again, you live with yourself. Uh, is it possible? You know, when you look in Matthew, he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Is it possible to live a perfect life? You know, is it possible to have a perfect day? I felt like I've had some perfect days, you know, like this morning, for instance. Dude, let me just be straight. I woke up this morning and I'm telling you 100% perfection. There was no sin, no nothing. Then I pulled the cover and I got on the floor and it was, it was a different story. But <laughs> I get it, right? I get it. But the reality is, what are we shooting for? What are we shooting for? Is perfection possible? Well, you can bowl a perfect game, right? Uh, you can you can do uh, perfect things uh, in, in, at certain points. I think back to Mary Lou Retton, 1984. If you remember this, basically Mary Lou Retton had to score a 10, which was a perfect score on her little vault thing, which is really a crazy, crazy thing where you run full force uh, at, at a... Um, a solid object, you hit that object, you do a little flip, and then you try to land uh, without stutter step. Well, it's 1984, it's the Olympics, and Mary Lou Retton had to score a perfect 10 in order to get the gold medal and actually for the team to win. And lo and behold, boom, she does a little twist, she hits it, she lands it. She knew at that point she scored a 10. And for those of you that have been around and you know the Olympics a little bit, you know that, boom, that's exactly what took place. It was perfect. It was perfect. What's God want from you and I? He wants perfection. He wants perfection. Can we accomplish that? Can we get there? Well, I think he's given us some help along the way. But can I just tell you this? No matter where we fall, if we simply wake up and go, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to just love God today, probably half-hearted. I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm just going to cash it in. I'm Well, you know what? I think I'm just going to be semi-nice today. You know? I mean, does anybody ever really wake up and say that? But, you know, a lot of times we wake up and think that. A lot of times we wake up with no expectations, no, no nothing, and we just kind of go through the motions. My call today is simply this. It's time to wake up. It's time for men and women of God to really think through how we're living our lives if we're just kind of going through the motions and doing the stuff, man, we're missing out on what God has for us. I believe all the different little setbacks in life are nothing more than an opportunity for us to learn from them. Every mistake is nothing more than an opportunity to learn, to get better, to live out a life that is pleasing to God. If we don't hit a reset button on a daily basis and shoot for perfection, we're missing out, I really believe, on what God has for us. Now, there's a couple of different things I want you to look at. Number one, I believe that one of the major ways that he makes you and I, or is looking to make you and I holy, is number one, through his word. The scripture talks about husbands presenting their wives holy before the Lord through the washing of the word. Now, that's just one scripture, but man, everywhere we see the word of God is powerful. The word of God is a lamp. It's a light. It, it, it is life. The word of God is something that you and I need to have in our lives on a regular basis. You need to make a determination that this year, unlike any other year or any other time, that you're going to get in the word of God on a regular basis. Here's the thing. I would challenge you to systematically just keep reading through it and read through it. The more you read, the more it gets in you. The more it gets in you, the greater your desire to live for him will be. 
Let me just say this this morning. I, I'm, I'm systematically going through. I'm almost finished with the New Testament. I just keep doing this on a regular basis. And so I'm, I'm in Revelation uh, for New Testament. Uh, and, and so I'm reading this morning my, my, my just devotional reading. And uh, it was all about uh, the revelator, John. And he was, he was there standing around the throne. And there was no one found worthy to, to break the seal and to re- read what was there. And, and he's literally kind of crying and saying, there's nobody worthy. And then he says, all of a sudden, someone says, here comes the lamb. And it's like, man, what a picture. What a picture. I'm glad I read that this morning because, man, all of a sudden, that is helping me to think about eternity. That is helping me to think about heaven. I'm getting older, so of course I'm thinking about heaven. But can I just tell you this? There's not a single one of us are, are given any amount of time on this earth. And you know what? We've got to consider what the rest of this eternity is going to look like and where we're going to spend it. Dude, I read that and it just, just has leapt in my heart. I love the word of God because it motivates. It will speak to you. I promise you, if you read it, it will change who you are. So how's, how, how are we going to live a holy life? Number one, dude, I really do believe it's the word of God. We've got to make sure that the word of God is a regular part of who we are. I do believe in reverence from this angle. Uh, uh, here he, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, he talks about the promises that we have as a result of these promises. We, we should, man, we should serve God wholeheartedly out of reverence, out of reverence for Christ. See, here's the thing. Reverence means this. I think through what I'm doing because of someone. Okay? Meaning this. They don't actually have to be there. So in other words, if you were going to have someone come to your house of any importance whatsoever, wouldn't you clean up a little bit? Wouldn't you try to put your best foot forward and think through what you're presenting and what you're doing and all that kind of stuff? See, the same mindset comes into place that, that when we live our lives, can I just tell you this? The Holy Spirit knows where you live. The Holy Spirit is not afraid to be where you are. As a matter of fact, every time you click a channel, every time you log on to a a site, the Holy Spirit is there. Who you are in private is who you really are. And the reality is, living a holy life, man, we should be making choices when we're by ourselves based on reverence for the Lord. That, you know what, it's not, it's not the teachings of my church. It's not this, it's not that. You know, people say, hey, well, Eric, you, you don't drink, do you? And it's like, no, I don't. Oh, because you're a preacher. No, 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 no. No, I chose not to drink because I'm a born-again believer. Now, that's me. That's my conviction. Why? Well, because I grew up in a home of an alcoholic. I grew up and I've seen the, the horrendous nature of what alcohol does to people and to homes. So I made a choice to be abstinent from alcohol. That's a choice I made. That's a decision. Why? Well, because I did it out of reverence for the Lord. See, I could secretly be drinking behind the scenes and not offend anybody, but that's not how I'm going to live my life. I make choices based on my reverence for, for the Lord. And I would challenge each and every one of you to do the same thing. We need to have a reverence for God that we make choices and decisions, not just when somebody's looking. Like I'll, I'll have kids come to Bible study sometime in our building because it looks like a church. And, you know, a kid will slip up and say something off color. And, and they'll, oh, and everybody's like, oh, look, he's cursing in church. Whoa. And it's like, well, it's okay. 
outside of church? I mean, come on. Do you think the Holy Spirit isn't out there on the field as well as he's inside here? Come on. That's silly. You know, that's really silly. So reverence, reverence. Two, discipline, or three, discipline. Hebrews, he talks about the fact that um, every one of us should endure discipline because the Lord loves those. He disciplines those he loves. Let me just say this. This is speaking volumes about the importance of being a part of the body of Christ. So what we're doing right now is, is an event we call church. But this is not the church per se. The church is the body of believers who love one another, who, who uh, meet together with each other, who are connected together in relationship. The Christian faith is always intended to be lived out in relationship. You will never know where you are, spiritually speaking, if you're not in relationship with other believers and other people. See, here's the thing. Every one of us should always have someone who's a little more mature, spiritually speaking, in our lives. That mature person can look us in the face and ask us the difficult questions. Hey, how's your thought life? How's your prayer life? What's going on? What have you been doing? You know, boom, somebody is questioning and and looking out for your best interests. You should always have someone younger in the faith, a Timothy, that you're able to look in the face and say, man, how's your prayer life? How's your, boom, how you doing? And and somebody that's that's this way. We should have relationships at all these different angles. See, what typically happens is when people start to fall into sin and become, quote unquote, less holy, all of a sudden what they start doing is break out of relationship with other believers. Because the last thing you want to do is see somebody who's on fire for Jesus when you're living an immoral life, right? But here's what happens. People will disconnect from the community of believers and they'll reconnect with people who are just like them. So, and what's happening more and more in church culture is we have people who have broken out of, of a good godly um, community and then they form their own semi-godly communities. You see what I'm saying? And I deal with this all the time. I've, I've got students who just don't understand the scripture when it comes to sexual morality. It's not that they don't understand it. They just refuse to live according to it. And so they're in sexual sin. So then what happens is they pull themselves out of relationship. They find other people who are in sexual sin as well. And it's like, well, as long as you guys repent after you have sex, it's okay. You know, oh, uh, my boyfriend and girlfriend, we live together, but we do Bible study together. It's like, oh, praise the Lord. I mean, (laughs) what is wrong with this picture? What is wrong with this picture? That'd be like me back there. uh, I'm a thief. I go to, I rob banks, but I, I ask for forgiveness afterwards and I pay my tithe. Do you understand how silly that is? But that's how people are living their lives today. We need people of mature belief that are going to look in your face and ask you the hard questions. We need people that will love you enough to tell you the truth. We live in a world that people will pat you on the back and encourage you and say it's your syndrome or this or that. But man, it's a time where we need people who love you enough and you've got to become that person as well who love people enough. I got lots of people that don't like me. I really do. I, I thought I would never, ever live long enough to have people not like me. But, you know, most of the people that don't like me don't like me because I, I, I'm, I love them enough to speak. You know why? Because I know that the sin they're in, if they keep going down that path, there's a high price to pay. I know that. I've seen it happen. You know, you keep like that, you keep drinking, you keep doing that. Guess what? I know where it goes. 
I've seen it happen. Would you listen to me? I love him enough to speak. You know what? That alternate lifestyle business, that's going to hurt you. That's going to tear you up. I don't care what this world says. It will bring you down. And literally, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He has not changed his mission. But I love you enough. Oh, Brother Eric, you're afraid to turn them, turn them off? No, they're off. They're off. I can't turn them off anymore. You see, hopefully, I'm going to jolt them to wake up. And hopefully, at some point, they would wake up and go, wow, the only person that had the backbone was that person. See, I don't know about you, but if I'm drowning, I want somebody who knows how to swim to get in. I don't need somebody who can't swim. I got that part covered. You know, I need somebody who can throw a rope. I need somebody who can give me a line. I don't need somebody else as bad off as I am, but it might make me feel better, I guess, if we both drown together. Who knows? Discipline. This is part of how he makes us holy. It's through godly discipline. And then finally, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just not an add-on. You know, I can remember being a kid growing up, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's like, dude, that Holy Spirit was like Casper the Friendly Ghost. I mean, as a kid, it's like, whoa. I mean, I get God the Father, I get God the Son, but God the Holy Ghost just kind of tripped me out a little bit. But you know something? The more I see in Scripture, the more I understand the importance and the power of what the Holy Spirit is all about today. We serve a triune God. Uh, basically this, one God triune, meaning the Trinity. The Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all one, but operating for different purposes and different reasons. You know, what? on the day of Pentecost, and that's what I've got up here, And this is where the electricity went off last time. Uh, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We see something specific happening on that day. Now, here's the deal. I really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, the power of the Holy Spirit is is available for every born-again believer today, specifically for the purpose of helping us to live out a holy life. See, the thing is, it's not an add-on. It's not something for just the super spiritual. No, as a matter of fact, If you're a born-again believer and you're living a substandard Christian experience, I'm going to look you in the face and challenge you. Dude, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because, man, you give yourself and and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come within your heart and come within your life. Guess what? It's going to help give you the victory in overcoming. He's not waiting for you to clean yourself up. See, this is the beauty of what the gospel is all about. He knows exactly where we are. He has sympathized. He can sympathize with us because he was tempted in every which way that you and I have been tempted. Yet he was without sin. And so he understands the fact that we're going to not be able to follow through and live out 100% and be perfect. But guess what? Every day we should wake up and desire to live a sin-free life. That should be the heartbeat. 
I mean, you know, like I said, I'm a competitive individual. When I mess up, guess what? Man, I want to fess up and I want to do the right thing. And I want to learn from that. Do you know something? Can I just tell you this? Your husband, your wife is a godsend to you. And they're there primarily for the purpose of helping you to be a lot lot more godly individual. Can I just tell you something? I don't know how God speaks to you, but let me tell you how he speaks to me. When I pray, all of a sudden I get a little 3D video of, of my day. When I take the time to pray, Lord, I felt like I had a pretty good day. Lord, I'm not like other men. I'm a pretty good guy. And then I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And then all of a sudden, I think God is up there going, hey, Gabriel, roll the tape. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing my day. And it's like, whoa, I said that? Well, what I meant was what had happened. I mean, I started talking to the judge. You you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, no, no, no. What I meant, no, it doesn't mean it matter what you meant. But do you see what you said? It's like, oh, man. And then, oh, oh, look, I said the right thing. Yeah, but you said it in the wrong way. Oh, man. The Holy Ghost has this thing where, guess what? So he's using my wife. He's using my boss. He's using my kids. He's using that traffic on Johnston. He's using, you know, this and he's using that. He's using all this stuff. And when we take the time to allow the Holy Spirit to speak, guess what, man? He'll illuminate all kinds of stuff. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out. Now, let me just show you a couple of different things. First of all, and I'm just going to put all these up here right now, and I'm, I'm going to zip through. Basically this. Oh, let's go back to that. Sorry. I want you to see all five of these. There are five specific places in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, where the Spirit was poured out. On the day of Pentecost, church historians point to that as the beginning of the Christian church. The beginning of the Christian church was a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered church. It's only through history that we've lost the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I will just tell you this brief history lesson. 1900s, early 1900s, the modern-day outpouring of the Holy Spirit came through a man by the name of William Seymour, who was from Centerville, Louisiana, just happened to be a black man, which, by the way, is a good good little nugget for Black History Month. Uh, I wanted to bring up William Seymour. William Seymour uh, goes to a Bible college in Houston. In one of the classes, he can't even get in because he's black, but he sits out and he listens. I mean, he takes on the teaching. Oh, my goodness. It explodes. He goes to Los Angeles, actually gets kicked out of the little denominational group. And then he just starts having a, a, a little preaching, a little Bible study stuff uh, on a street called Azusa. And then all of a sudden, people from all around the world start coming and revival breaks out. And all kinds of people are experiencing the modern day outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. And literally, that has changed the face of the earth today. Do you know that William Seymour is considered one of the 100 most influential men of the 20th century? And most people have never, ever heard of him. Why? Well, because he took a teaching to heart, rediscovered the power of this Holy Spirit. Do you know family life exists today because of this? And when you look in scripture, you see these five instances where the spirit was poured out. The spirit was poured out and in three of them straight up, we see where they begin to speak in other tongues on the day of Pentecost. That's what happened as the spirit enabled. Now, here's the deal. They had no clue what was going to happen. All they knew is they were hungry for God. 
And as a hunger for God, all of a sudden, man, when the Spirit was poured out, boom, they begin to speak in other tongues. Three of the five straight up. The other two strong cases for the fact that, that speaking in tongues was, was, the, was the outcome of experiencing this. Why tongues? Do I have to speak in tongues? No, no, no. You don't have to. You get to, okay? <laughs> Why? Well, because God wants to take the most unruly member of your body. He wants to use it for his glory and his honor. You're having trouble taming your tongue? Dude, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, when we experience the fullness of the Spirit, all of a sudden he's given us a prayer language that literally when we pray, we're going to pray in accordance with the will of God. Now, I'm telling you this today from this angle. I really believe that holiness is the cry of God's heart today. And he's wanting every person to be filled. I know Pastor Todd spoke about this a few weeks ago, and there were people filled. If you've been filled recently, I want to encourage you, you should be praying in the Spirit on a regular basis. If you're a born-again believer and you've been filled with the Spirit, you need to be praying in the Spirit on an ongoing basis. Here's the thing. The only person God will not fill is the person who's full of himself. Okay? That's the bottom line. You want to receive from God? Boom. You've just got to get rid of all the stuff that you're holding on to and allow the, the power and the presence of his spirit uh, to come into your heart and your life. Now, I will tell you this. I have seen this one thing is a hindrance to people coming to the point of giving their and, and experiencing the fullness of the spirit. And it's this thing called unforgiveness. That's the one major thing that will happen. In 1999, I, I'm in my office and I get a knock on the door uh, and there's a UL policeman along with a city policeman. Never going to be a good day uh, when you have the police show up at your office, right? When you're in ministry. And uh, they come in and they're just asking random questions. And they ask the question, they said, do you have very many black men in your group? And it's like, yeah, I got a lot of black men in my group. And man, I start thinking, oh my goodness, who did what now? You know, and it's my first thought. And he goes, no, he goes, it's, it's basically, he says, you're, you're a preacher, aren't you? Yes, sir. He goes, would you mind just sitting down? We've got something very serious to ask you. Here's the deal. We, uh, we have the body of a black man. There's no identification on him. The only thing we have is a, a T-shirt that it says Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship on it. Um, Reverend Troll, would you mind identifying this body? See the body through pictures, and I know you know exactly who it is. His name was Jimmy Adine. Jimmy was from uh, Martinique, from the islands. He'd come to Lafayette to teach French. He was college age, so he came to Chi Alpha on a regular basis. Loved uh, Jesus beyond a shadow of a doubt. Thursday night, after our meeting was over, he got up on the stage and was leading the students that were left in French worship songs. On Sunday, Jimmy was doing something in Lafayette. There was a hitchhiker. He picked up the hitchhiker in an effort to share Jesus. The person acted interested, asked him to drive to a secluded area on the north side of town and proceeded to stab him over 50 times. Just in an effort to steal his car. Within a 24-hour time frame, they catch the young man. His name was Damon. And in the process of things, Damon gives the whole story and basically confesses. He's convicted to 60 years in, in prison. Well, Jimmy's sister wrote a letter 
and I want to read a portion of this to you. She starts off, how can I start this letter? I can't write, dear Damon, because you're not dear to me. I can't write greetings because I have no desire to greet you. I will simply say, Damon, I really would like you to know who was the man whom you took life. First of all, he's my brother, my best friend. There was only one year between us. Basically, everyone believed we were twins because we were inseparable. She continues, but I just want to cut to this. Jimmy was on good terms with everyone. He didn't stay mad with anyone. Jimmy had his weaknesses, but he was still a frank person. When he had something to say, he just said it. I think he was almost perfect except for that. He could cling to God for his help so his weakness wouldn't take over him. Jesus was his savior, his liberator, his support, his shelter, his friend, his Lord. I do not want you to die for Jimmy's death. I would wish you reflect on your actions. Jimmy wrote on his schedule, no one is responsible for my actions but me. I hope that you think the same way. Now before God, you are a sinner as any other. Like Jimmy was before he accepted Jesus in his life. Jesus offers you pardon, freedom, help, and a shelter as he's offered to Jimmy. It's not too late. Know that I, the sister of Jimmy, have forgiven you. I read that to you this morning because the reality is every one of us have been hurt in some way, shape, or form by someone, something. Yours may be of greater magnitude. Chances are probably not. But the reality is if the Spirit of God can give this young lady the ability to forgive, I believe the Spirit of God can give every one of us the ability to forgive. And I will tell you this, you will never receive fully what God has for you until you learn to forgive. The number one place to start is, of course, you experiencing the forgiveness that God has for you. I'm here this morning to challenge you that, number one, if you don't know him, his spirit is here and he wants you to experience the freshness and the fullness of life that can only be found through Jesus Christ. Two, if you've experienced that, he desires you to live a holy life and he wants the entire arsenal of heaven to be made available to you that you will literally latch onto that and live out a life that is holy and pleasing to him in the year 2015. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed right now. I want to ask you this. If you're here this morning and you have never made a choice and a decision to give your heart and give your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never asked him to, number one, forgive you, this morning is is, is your day. This is the day that he has provided salvation for you. If you're here this morning and say, Eric, you know what? I've never, ever made that choice. I've never made that decision. But when you pray, would you pray for me? If that's you, I want you to slip up a hand nice and high so I could see it. And that's your indication of saying, hey, I want to know that my sins are forgiven. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Say, Eric, that's me. Nice and high. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Eric, that's me. That's me. When you pray, would you pray for me? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Eric, that's me. That's me. 
I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I believe what Jesus did on that cross. He did for the forgiveness of my sins. And I want him to cleanse me today. Would you pray for me? Anyone else, Eric? That's me real quick. I'm going to ask everybody in the house to pray this prayer, specifically for those individuals who responded. This is your point of contact. This is where you are simply going to, I'm going to give you the words, but this is you asking the Lord to cleanse you and make you new. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Dear God, I recognize that I'm a sinner and that my sin has separated me from you. I don't want that anymore. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And today I ask you to cleanse me, to come into my heart and change me. I desire to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to take one more step. For those of you, at some point or another, you gave your life to Christ. You know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But but you're here this morning, and there's something that you're holding on to. There's a realm of unforgiveness. There's somebody, something, some situation. I really do believe that, that this morning is an opportunity for you to experience a freedom that you haven't had in a while. You're here this morning and you say, Eric, you know what? I, I hear what you're saying and I, I see what the scripture is saying. You know what? I, I, I want to let that go today. I just want to let that go. If that's you, I'm, I'm going to ask you to take a bold stand. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet wherever you are, just right where you're at. And that's you saying, hey, you know what? I'm choosing to let that go. I'm choosing to extend forgiveness. I'm choosing to experience his forgiveness there. And I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. If that's you this morning, just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. cross when you were on that cross they beat you they mocked you yet you looked down in compassion and said father forgive them for they know not what they do Lord as a follower of you that's the heart that I want to have I desire to walk in line with Jesus this morning. I desire to be that person that will say, Father, forgive them. I have no right. I have no authority to hold on to these things myself. And a great sense of humility. Father, this morning, we choose to let that go. We choose to give over the hurt. We choose to give over the unforgiveness that we've been holding on to. And Father, right now we just take one more step. And Lord, we pray blessing. We pray blessing over over those that that have hurt us. We pray blessing, Lord, and release now in the name of Jesus. We're going to let it go. We're going to walk free from this day forward. Father, we're going to choose to honor you. We're going to choose to live like Jesus. And release now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
that's you this morning, just in your own way, just let it go. Just give it over. Ask for forgiveness. And then begin to pray blessing. Begin to pray blessing as hard as that is. Begin to pray blessing now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me if you would. Thank you, Lord. I believe that the Lord is ready to fill some people who want to be filled. If you've not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, if you've never been filled uh, to overflowing as what we see in the book of Acts, we're going to pray this morning and and literally we're going to believe that you're going to be filled uh, with the presence and power of God. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to come and position themselves across the front of the auditorium here uh, facing you. If, if you guys will come line up here facing this way, it would be great. And we're going to begin to pray for a release of the, of the Holy Spirit. Um, why don't you guys go ahead? Yeah, come on down. Yeah, there you go. If you're here this morning and you have not been filled, but you want to be filled, I'm going to ask you to step out from where you're at uh, and make your way up front and just face our prayer prayer partners here. Um, and, and I'm going to give you a little instruction. And then we're going to take a few moments. We're going to pray. We're going to believe that the Lord is going to, going to fill you. So if you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to be filled here this morning. Step out from where you're at. Uh, take that nice big bold step uh, and come on down to the front. And we're going to take a few moments and pray for you. sir anyone else you've not been filled to me it doesn't matter what your age what matters is the hunger so I'm going to encourage you one more time just step on out I'm going to take a few moments and pray for you filled service of the entire weekend. All right, what we're going to do, brother, do you want to be filled? All right, step on right, right here. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray, I believe for, for this young man, uh, that the Lord's going to fill him. But I'm going to give you an opportunity right now, for those of you that are filled, uh, in just a few moments, we're all going to begin to pray in the Spirit. And I'm going to encourage you to begin to pray in the Spirit. If you've not been filled, I want to give you that opportunity uh, before you walk out of this place. I'm telling you, it's more important than what you're going to be eating for lunch today. So um, let's take a moment. And um, I'm going to ask all across the house, if you got liberty right now, just lift your hands, sign of surrender. All across the house. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we just pray right now. Holy Spirit, come now in the name of Jesus. Father, we believe according to your word that you are still filling people today and that you're looking to fill each and every individual in the house this morning. And Father, by the power, the anointing of your Holy Spirit, Father, now fill this house. Lord, we are praying right now. We are praying right now that you're going to release a spiritual anointing uh, in the house unlike any other time. And Lord, I just simply pray, not specifically what's just going to happen here today, but Lord God, what it is that you're wanting to do through this church and through this body of believers. Father, raise up the men and women who have a heart and a hunger 
for righteousness, a heart and a hunger for the things of God. And Father, I pray that you will raise up that holy remnant of men and women who are going to choose to live this thing out 100%, 24-7. Father, right now, by the power and the anointing of your spirit, we're believing for this brother to be filled right now in the name of Jesus. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to encourage you right now to just begin to pray in the Spirit where you are right now. Let's just begin to pray in the Spirit. If you're here this morning, you need a physical touch in your body. Uh, I would encourage you to step out as well. And, and we're going to pray for healing uh, and believe uh, for individuals that need a breakthrough in any way, shape, or form. So if you want prayer this morning, I believe the water is stirred. I would encourage you to step out from where you're at uh, and make your way down front right now. So if you've got a physical need, financial need, emotional, whatever it may be, we're going to begin to pray. And our prayer partners are just going to begin to come and lay hands on you and begin to pray for you, whatever that need may be now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. Thank you for it. For those of you who feel the Spirit, begin to just pray in the Spirit right now. Father, have your way. Have your way. Father, we pray release now in the name of Jesus. We pray release now in the name of Jesus. Father, for those that need healing, we are believing you for your healing virtues to flow in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fill my brother now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, your word tells us, any sick among us, call for the elders, anoint them with oil, and we'll believe you for healing to take place now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. encourage you, if you've been filled with the Spirit, begin to pray in the Spirit right now. If you've not been filled with the Spirit, you should be up here getting prayed for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One more time, if you wouldn't mind, just lift your hands. I just want to pray a blessing over you. Father, I just pray right now by the power of the anointing of your Spirit as we continue to pray uh, for individuals here. Father, I pray your blessing upon each individual, each family unit that's represented. Lord God, I pray your hand of protection over And I pray your blessing upon, Father, that throughout the course of this week, every day, we will sense your presence in even a greater way. And Father, I pray that you will use us to be the light in this world. We're not not manufacturing it. We're simply reflecting what it is that you're doing within our hearts and within our lives. Father, let there be a holy hunger. Let there be a holy hunger in us as never, ever before. Father, place your hand now on it, in, and through each and every individual. Father, be glorified, be honored. It is in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.